Hey everybody, it's it's Scott Bischoff coming uh, coming at you for Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, we are today going to break down the Detroit Lions Week 14 matchup at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. It's an important uh, game, uh, not necessarily for the NFC North division, but the Lions' playoff slim playoff chances are are on the line. Plus, we get uh, T.J. Hawkinson coming back home. Um, that'll be interesting. So, um, first thing. Stjude.org forward slash DLP Detroit Lions podcast Christmas for the kids. This is uh it's something that Chris has going on the entire month, and it's amazing what he's doing to raise money for kids. Um, I don't know how anybody else feels, but I know that's more important than than any of this stuff. Uh, I'm happy to be a part of of what Chris has going on. Um, in terms of that, I think it's amazing that we're that. Uh, we're doing what we can. He's doing what he can. He what he what he can do to to make uh, Christmas a nice time for people going through horrendous things. Uh, if you feel if you feel compelled or led to help, please do. So, um, having said that, uh, stay tuned. Coming at you after the break is the Detroit Lions preview for Week 14. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Okay, so <clears throat> the Lions won a game again. And not only did they win a game, but they kind of they kind of hammered Jacksonville along the way, and it was wonderful to see because the Lions have played a lot of very close football games in the last little while. And, you know, some of those, it's hard to watch these games where you're grinding out or where every possession matters so much in the second half. So it was nice to see, you know, the offense come out and just drive down the field and look at, make it look so easy and boom, score, no big deal, kick off, Jacksonville goes three and out, well, you know, however it worked. Um, defense looks really good. Jacksonville didn't couldn't get much going on offense. They punt. Lions get the ball. They drive down. They score. It's an easy game. It's nice. It was nice to have that kind of a game, and I, I, and I do think there's a little bit more that we need to make out of, out, out of that kind of a statement game than than just yeah, it was a bad day for Jacksonville and the Lions, you know, poured it on. Um, it's good to punish. Good teams punish teams who are playing poorly. It's nice to see the Lions come out and drub Jacksonville. It just is, uh, you know. Nothing else needs to be said. It was great to see how how uh, easily the Lions won that football game. Okay, so we are at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Interesting week. Um, Minnesota's kind of got the NFC North locked up. I want to say they're ten and two. The Lions are five and seven, but the Lions do have very very slim. I would say almost none, but I, I, mathematically they have a very slim chance to get into the postseason. Uh, my guess is you need to go five and zero and get a lot of help. Um, however, it's still an important football game. The Lions are five and seven. Um, 
they have built some momentum and looked really good doing so. And even the loss that they have over the last month is a loss that that was against you know one of the offensive juggernauts or one of the best football teams in the NFL in Buffalo, where you felt like they were right in it. That's the Thanksgiving Day game. So um, Lions are doing really good things, and I think we should we should uh, hold out some hope that that the upward trend continues because if we just look at where they are, um, you know, in relation to where they were a year ago, you can see that they're a much better football team, a much more complete football team. And, you know, not, there's, there's, I'm not, you know, there's no cornbread in the oven and I'm, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm just saying that the things that matter and the way the lions are doing things right now is impressive. So, um, you know, both from a, a draft standpoint, from from a development standpoint, playing some of these younger guys and having them look the way they do, we'll get into that. Uh, the Lions, it looks good. It's it's nice. Uh, where for where they are. Um, okay. So the game total for this week is set at fifty two and a half. Detroit is a two and a half point favorite at home against the team that's ten and two. Think about that. I don't know if that line's going to move or not. Um, this, this is being recorded early, early in the week. So all these numbers are subject to change. The implied total has the Detroit Lions scoring 27 and a half points and Minnesota, Minnesota scoring 25. So that's the numbers. Um, like in the past, I feel like this game could go over, but the Lions, since the Dolphins game, since they moved on from Aubrey Pleasant have been a different defense. and. Um, it's been remarkable to watch the change on defense. It just has. Uh, so it's tough to, for me to think that this game's going to go over if I think that the Lions' defense will somewhat mitigate what the Vikings do on offense. Regardless, I'm not sure any of that matters. Um, I think this will be a tight game. Uh, I did say that last week, so take that, take it, you know, grain of salt kind of thing. Um, all right, on offense, bunch of numbers coming at you. Lions are tied for 14th uh, in the NFL running uh, rush in offensive rushing, 4.5 yards a carry. Minnesota's 4.3 yards a carry, which is eight is tied for 18th. The Lions have 18 rushing touchdowns, uh, tied for third in the NFL. Minnesota has 14th, which is seventh in the NFL. 14, not 14th. 14. Passing, the Detroit Lions are 7.5 yards per attempt, with it's tied for 11th in the NFL. Minnesota, 6.6 yards per attempt, which is tied for 24th. The Lions have 19 passing touchdowns, tied for 11th. Minnesota has 18, which is tied for 14th. Okay, on to the defensive side of the ball. The Detroit Lions are allowing 5.2 yards per carry, which is 31st in the NFL. Now, Let's not panic about that because the numbers are the numbers over the last little while are different, and we'll get into it. Um, Minnesota is allowing 4.4 yards per carry, which is tied for 12th in the NFL. Rushing touchdowns allowed. Detroit has given up 18, which is 31st, and Minnesota has given up 13th, which is tied for 19th. Passing defense. The Lions allow 7.3 yards per attempt, which is tied for 29th in the NFL. Minnesota allows 7.6 yards per attempt, which is 32nd in the NFL. Uh, Passing touchdowns allowed. 
Detroit's given up 19, which is tied for 22nd. Minnesota's given up 16, 16, which is tied for 11th. The Lions have allowed 19 sacks through 12 games. Tied for third in the NFL. They've done a very good job. They have a really good offensive line. Minnesota's allowed 30, which is tied for 18th. It's a middle-of-the-pack team. The Lions have generated 22 sacks, uh, tied for 26th in the NFL. Minnesota's generated 30, which is tied for 15th. Interceptions. The Lions have thrown seven picks, which is tied for 7th. Minnesota's thrown nine, which is tied for 15th. Um, the Lions have picked off nine passes on the season, which is tied for 13th. Uh, there's there's some numbers in there that are good for the last, say, five games. Give it a second. Um, didn't mean it to sound like that. Hang on. Hang on to your britches. We'll get there. Uh, Minnesota has picked off 12 passes, which is tied for fourth in the NFL. So those are the numbers. All right. So if we if we look back, if we go all the way back in time to week three, <clears throat> bizarre football game in Minnesota. Minnesota ends up winning 28 to 24, but the Lions are up. Um, the Lions are up 24 14 in the uh, in the fourth quarter in this game. Um, Minnesota scores two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win the game. I think it's fair to say that the Lions had a late game collapse in that one. Um, I don't mean to bring up all the bad stuff, but this is a game the Lions should have won. Um, there were mistakes all over the field and all over the place in every way late in that game. Um, I don't know if you remember, but there was a missed field goal. Um, the Lions had a chance to somewhat salt the game away, and they they had two runs that they had from, say, the Minnesota 35-yard line range. Um, and they lost 30 to 35 range, and they lost – I think they lost yardage on both runs. And then they elected to kick a 53-yard – I think it was a 53-yard field goal that had almost 0% chance of being made as the kicker was trotting onto the field. Um, this was the game that Minnesota had opened the doors, and it looked like both kickers were kicking uh, like, you know, out of bounds fades uh, if you're if we're playing golf, so it almost had no chance to be made. And then the Lions gave the uh, the ball back to the Vikings at midfield, and they threw a a very quick touchdown to uh, receiver who ran open in a busted coverage situation. Um, so lots of mistakes, uh, some play calling weirdness, some time management stuff. I think that's a game that's going to haunt the Lions' playoff chances. Um, Dan Campbell's talked openly about that game being something that will haunt him forever. Um, the nice thing that to think about in this game is you did have Jeff Akuda shutting down, down Justin Jefferson, completely all, just locked him up. So you can see we can see how how there's a little bit of um, you know the history. I know it goes back ten weeks. So how relevant is it? I don't know. These are two different teams at this point. Um, so this is this is some of the stuff I was alluding to um, in the numbers. Uh, and I'll try to be quick because we're already 11 and a half minutes into this. Um, the Lions over the last five weeks, since they, the, since they dismissed Aubrey Pleasant, are a completely different defensive team. Completely different. I would urge people to look at the stats 
um, just to see how impressive it is what the Lions are doing. Um, it's remarkable what they're doing. So uh, their pass defense, on average, um, opposing quarterbacks are 21 of 37 for 247 yards. They're thro- they've given up seven total touchdowns in the last five games. They also have seven interceptions. And they have 11 sacks in that five-game stretch, okay? So I told you... I told you that they had 22 total. So if you have 11 in the first seven games and you have 11 in the last five games, you've seen a a step up in pressure. Um, It strikes me as it's uh, interesting that they have just as many, they're they're surrendering just as much passing touchdowns as interceptions. So the Lions have have really turned it on from from a standpoint of playmaking in the secondary and generating pressure. Uh, their run defense. Now we need to set we need to segregate this out into two different things. Uh, their run defense overall. Um, in the last five weeks, teams have run the ball 130 times for 698 yards on them, which is 5.37 yards per carry. That's a um, and, and they've also surrendered five rushing touchdowns. Okay, so that's an average of 26 runs for 140 yards every week. Okay, but. We have to put in there a caveat about running quarterbacks. And we talked about this last week. I don't know if, if you guys watched last week's, but it's the same stuff. It's it's you have you have Justin Fields running for, you know, um what what are Fields ran? Fields went bananas in week 10. Um he ran for like 147 yards and two scores. Uh Daniel Daniel Jones ran for 50 yards. Um Josh Allen ran for like 80 yards on 78 yards on them. Um, last week, Trevor Lawrence ran for 40 for 32 yards on four carries. So, so when we look at this, we need to take into we need to take into consideration that running quarterbacks are hurting the Lions. Um, so, when I tell you that teams have run for 698 yards at 5.4 yards a carry and five to- touchdowns total, that includes the quarterback runs. Uh, if we take out the quarterback runs. You're looking at 96 carries and 391 yards, which is 4.07 yards per carry. They've only given up one touchdown to a running back in the last five games. Okay, um, the numbers on average that you're surrendering to opposing running backs is 19 carries, and you're giving up 78 total yards over the last five games. Those are super impressive numbers. So you're looking at shutting down the run. You're looking at being opportunistic on defense. You're looking at getting a little more pressure on the quarterbacks. It's a very different defense than it, than it was the first time these two teams played. Okay, so so reasons to be super optimistic about what their defense is doing. And now we're talking about a five week stretch. We're not we're not talking about a one game sort of you know. It's 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 such a small sample size. It doesn't matter. This matters. It's five weeks. Um, on offense, you know, I mentioned. You know, the whole Jared Goff conversation is going to dominate the offseason. But Jared Goff has been good. Um, is he good enough in the big picture to take you where you want to go? Different conversation. But for right now, Jared Goff's doing an amazing job of, of taking care of the football. Over the last five weeks, he's throwing – he's 104 for 156, which is 67%. Um, he's averaging 224 yards throwing per game. He's thrown seven touchdowns in five games. He's only thrown one interception. He's doing a very good job. Um, I think that 
getting Josh Reynolds and DJ Chark back and Amon Ross St. Brown and getting all these guys healthy really mattered to him. Getting DeAndre Swift healthy and making plays as a pass catcher out of the backfield really matters to Goff. Um, and and play-action passing is a huge part of Goff's game. Um, one of the areas where the Lions have taken a step back, and um, not necessarily from a scoring standpoint, because they're still scoring, uh, running the ball. They have nine rushing touchdowns in the last five games, which is 1.8 touchdowns per game. It's a lot of rushing touchdowns. But the Lions are really, uh, they're, they're only averaging just over three and a half yards per carry uh, over this five-week span. 158 carries for 568 yards. They're running, it's still running the ball a lot. I mean, they're averaging 32 carries a game, but they're just not doing a ton with that. Um, that being said, they're doing a good job in the red zone, finishing drives. Um, it's the reason why Jamal Williams leads the, the NFL in rushing touchdowns. So uh, that's where the numbers are for this week. Um, if we look at, if we look at where the lions are on offense and you look at, um, you know, being at home, what the Vikings do on defense, I think it's, it's reasonable. It's reasonable to see, uh, Jared Goff have a good day in this game. You know, obviously the lions are going to need to dial up, um, plays that, make him comfortable. I mean, if anything, we've talked about this for a while, but it, it, as it as the season wears on, you can see it play out more and more. Jared Goff needs to be comfortable, both physically and mentally. So one of the things about that's important and good about getting like getting Chark back and and Reynolds and and St. Brown and and um you know throwing in Jamison Williams and and I, we'll see with Williams. I, I mean I'm as big a Williams fan as there is. I'm super excited to see what he what he looks like. It's just going to take a little time. Um, I mean, he the speed's going to be evident right away. So, but what? But the point of that whole meandering thing I'm doing is, um, the point is is that Jared Goff has always needed to trust his receivers to be accurate and to want to throw the football in time, in rhythm. Um, you know, in tempo and all that stuff, he needs to trust his guys to be where they're going, where they're supposed to be. Um, he is not a um, throw guys open with arm strength type of quarterback. Um, so he's more, he's more of a, you know, and, and we've seen it. He needs to trust, he needs to trust his guys. And he does this group of, of receivers. He does, and he's comfortable. So, the Lions need to continue to put him in comfortable situations. Um, pass protection, make him comfortable. Running the ball well on first down, getting him into, into situations where they can run play action. You can't. You can see some short yardage. Uh, you saw the uh, the Amon Ross St. Brown last week stuff. Um, just how effective he is, and how just uh, he's an amazing route runner. Um, you know, it's just, it's remarkable where he is as a player, but golf clearly likes him. I mean, it's obvious to see. So uh, on offense, you want to see, you want to see the lions put golf in a comfortable situation. You want to see them um, much like has been said over the last bunch of weeks. Um, the teams that win the red zone game and the turnover game are generally teams that are going to win games. 
Uh, the Lions are not turning the ball over right now. They're just not. They're, they've done a great job, and they're efficient in the red zone. I know they kicked a bunch of field goals last week, but you know you still did. You still had two rushing touchdowns, and you know um, Amon Ra had a, 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 a touchdown in the red zone. So you know um, that's kind of where they design, it is on offense. It's 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 a simple formula. It's hard to execute, but with with their offensive players, with the with the players they have up front. Um, in pass pro and, and moving people off the ball, um, you know, it's run the ball effectively and capitalize uh, when you're in the red zone and get your keep your quarterback comfortable. That's kind of that's it in a nutshell on defense. Um, it's a tall task when you look at Justin Jefferson and the player that he's become and, and the plays that he's capable of making. I think it's even looking at the week three game after how um, Jeff Akuda kind of blanketed him. Now Akuda did it in a in a really savvy way. Um, he did not allow Jefferson to get off of the line of scrimmage comfortably and easily, and he kind of just bullied him up a little bit. Like you know, um, if you just think about it, like receiver has a landmark to get to at a certain point in a quarterback's drop. So if we look at, if we're thinking Kirk Cousins in the shotgun, snap, two-step drop and a hitch, and he's expecting receiver to be at, you know, an exact point on the field, and that's where the throw is supposed to go. And Jeff Okuda refused to allow Justin Jefferson to get to that landmark comfortably and easily. Um, in fact, there were some times where he didn't get to the landmark and Cousins didn't go, didn't throw the ball to him just because he wasn't, it just, just wasn't there. So I would expect the Lions to do the exact same thing to try to, to try to, you know, for Akuda to blanket Jefferson and limit, um, Jefferson's ability to beat the Lions, um, in, you know, in, in the passing game. That's a lot tougher. I know they did it in week three, but asking him to do it again, that's tough. Je- Jefferson is one of, if not the best receiver in the NFL. Um, so that's an interesting matchup. We'll see how it goes. Uh, one of the things that stands out is is some of the Vikings' uh, injuries on their offensive line and what that means for pressure for the Lions up front. Can the Lions dial up some pressure and make Cousins uncomfortable because – if Cousins is uncomfortable, he will turn the ball over. Uh, you can feel and you can see a scenario where the crowd noise gets to Cousins and the Lions bring some pressure and there's a turnover, you know, something like that where where you can just you can see that kind of happening. Um, so pressure is going to be a big deal for what the Lions can do this week. Um, it's been a while since I since Dalvin Cook has been a major factor in the Vikings offensive, uh, in their plan, Dalvin Cook is a nightmare. Uh, he's a very difficult player to defend because if, you, if you're if you not gap sound and he gets into the secondary, a second level of the defense, he's gone. It's just a boom, he's gone. So Lions have to play very uh, gap sound. They have to play disciplined. They have to do a very good job of defending the run, Um so the you know the Vikings run game is potent, their passing game is potent, uh, you know they're they're a they're a very good offense, and now you throw in um, 
TJ Hawkinson, who uh, Google it if you want to Google it. I wrote this was in the pre-draft. And I got killed for it. The things, the reason why I didn't think he was a good match with the Detroit Lions back in the year that he got drafted, and a lot of people <laughs> were unhappy um, when they drafted him at me because it just was. I I wasn't a huge fan of his game, or at least the way he was portrayed as uh, this dominant blocker. Uh, I thought he was a good pass catcher and all that stuff, but I just didn't think he was a good blocker. Um, So you can Google that article if you want to find it, for whatever it's worth. Um, But Hawkinson returns to Ford Field this week. It'll, It'll be very, very interesting to see if some of the Lions players are chippy with him. Um, to see how the Lions defend him, how physical they are with him. Uh, he he gives the, the Vikings de- uh, offense, you know, another dimension of playmaking ability when they already have multiple layers of playmaking uh, making ability. They have a very good running game between Dalvin Cook and, and Alexander Madison. Um, you have Justin Jefferson. You have Adam Thielen. You have... You know, you have players on the outside that can make plays. Then you throw in a player who can make plays up the seam. Uh, Now, I don't expect him to ask Hawkinson to do a lot of blocking because I just don't think he's very good at it. Uh, But he's a really good weapon, you know, as a tight end. He's a difficult player to cover. Uh, You know, we'll we'll see what the Lions do, um, what their game plan is on defense. But, you know, it's very obvious this is a very different unit um doing different things than they were back in week three and even as back in 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 uh, the Dolphins game which I think was week nine um might have been week eight whatever it was um since the Lions have moved moved on from Aubrey Pleasant they're a different defense so we'll see um there's a reason the Vikings are 10 and 2 they're a very good football team I think they have flaws I mean there's a reason to be hopeful that the Lions can win this game, but to win this game, you you do need you need you, obviously you need to execute an offense and defense, but but you have to shut down big plays from Justin Jefferson and keep Dalvin Cook contained. And I think if you can do those things while generating some pressure on on Kirk Cousins, you know you, you things look okay. Um, this it'll, this will be an interesting test for the Lions because you know they've. The last month has been great for them, and they've passed a few tests with flying colors. Even the loss, I think, is a test passed. I think that you know a national audience looking at the Lions on that day saw a very different uh, Detroit Lions team. Now, again, it's a snapshot in time, and they have to continue the trend. But this week, this week is an opportunity for them to continue building and to continue playing good football. Um, which is really exciting to think about that, you know, it's yes, they're five and seven and they have slim playoff hopes, but, but they're playing really good football and meaningful football and football that really matters. Um, so that's, uh, that's your preview for week uh, 14. Uh, I look, uh, look, looking ahead. I look forward to talking to you uh, a week from now after a uh, Lions victory this Sunday. Exciting stuff. Uh, have a great weekend guys. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes.